Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. The first coming of Jesus was a momentous event. Would you agree with me on that? That coming split human history literally right down the middle. Before He came and after He came is the way we look at history. And then, of course, every year there's a time when we celebrate His first coming. We call that Christmas. And then we look at the uh, birth and the growth and the sustaining of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last 2,000 years. Without a doubt, when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating a great, great event. And when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating something that was not only a birth of a baby, but there, there, there was so much more to it. We've been talking about that on the previous podcasts, all the way back to podcast number 188. And if you haven't heard the previous podcasts up to this one, I would encourage you to go there. We could not consider the first coming without looking at the most famous verse of all. It has been made famous uh, through the years uh, by uh, parents encouraging their children to memorize those verses uh, early on. And, of course, lately in, in culture, uh, famous athletes will put that on their face. Or, or we have seen at sporting events people holding signs with this verse. And I'm sure by now you know the verse I'm referring to. That is John 3.16. Let's look at it. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, when Jesus came the first time as a baby, He later on, as an adult, clearly stated why He came. That statement can be found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, where He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That was the whole purpose of the first coming. He came to seek out and to save those that are lost. In other words, those that are separated from God by their sin. It was a mission of mercy that brought Jesus to this earth. And as we've covered in previous podcasts, in this, uh, what was an inconspicuous birth to the world at large, the King of Glory Jesus Christ, God of very God, the pre-existent eternal God, came down to earth and was born in a lowly birth. He took on human flesh. He poured Himself into humanity and while being fully God, became fully human as well in, in that moment. And uh, when He did that, He did that in order to fulfill what God had planned in eternity past. Never caught off guard. He wasn't caught off guard by Adam and Eve's sin, by the falling of the human race into sin and separation. God 
planned in eternity past to send His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to seek and to save those which are lost. And so, in this famous verse, this well-known verse, John 3.16, we get a summary of the gospel. And, and I just kind of want to go through the verse uh, for a couple of minutes here, and let's just see how beautiful this, this one verse is. This verse that summarizes, in essence, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the first two words of the verse, we find the giver. The first two words say, for God. And then a little later on, gave. For God gave the giver. Uh, this business about God giving just simply reflects His character. When you think about God, we know what He has revealed of Himself to us. And we can only know what God reveals of Himself to us because God is God and, and the Creator, and we are human and the creation, and we can only know what our Creator reveals about Himself. We know that He's holy, separate, that He's all-righteous. We know that He's all-powerful, that He is uh, omniscient. He knows everything. We know that He's everywhere present. There's much that we know about Him. But we know also that He is a merciful God, that He is a God of grace and favor, and we know that He is a God of love. God is love, uh, the, the writer says. And so uh, the giving of God, God giving, reflects His character. 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 13 says that God gave us His Spirit, capital S, Spirit. His Holy Spirit is given to those who, who are part of God's forever family. So God is a giver, and God gave a, a great gift. And you know, God gives and gives and gives. Uh, here, we're talking about the greatest gift of all. We'll get to that in a moment. But God uh, gave us this beautiful environment in which we live, the earth and the universe and all that it contains. God uh, gives us life, physical life, and everything that goes with it. Um, I, I don't have time on this podcast to go into that. That's a whole other series itself. But God is a giver, and God gave, and He gave the greatest gift. But the greatest gift uh, was given for uh, out of a, a motive, and that motive is, is found right here in the first statement. For God so loved the world, so loved uh, I, I like that little two-letter word, so, because it is a, a modifier. It, it describes His love, the depth of His love. Uh, it was a great love with which God loved us. Uh, John, who wrote the Gospel of John here, also wrote 1 John, the first epistle of John. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And that propitiation just means a full satisfaction. He fully satisfied the penalty for our sins. And so the, the motive is this great love of Almighty God, again, reflecting His character. Uh, because He so loved us, uh, He sent His Son. And therein is the next thing in this verse. We see the giver. We see the motive for the gift, His love. But then we see the gift, and oh, what a gift it was, that He gave His only begotten Son, His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
His only begotten could be translated His unique, His one and only Son. Don't let that word begotten trip you up there. It has nothing to do with uh, Jesus beginning or being uh, birthed as in a, as in a beginning. Uh, the only beginning that Jesus experienced there was the beginning of His humanity. He has always existed. We've said that over and over again as the eternal God. But here, uh, he, he began to be a human. But that's not what this begotten means. It, it means that He is a one of a kind, that He's the unique, the one and only Son, capital S of God. Those of us who believe and have received, uh, we are sons, small s of God, sons and daughters of God, but we are not God the Son. He is God the Son. Jesus is God the Son. Hebrews 1.3 says He is the exact representation of the Father, and none of us can say that. Uh, and He has revealed the Father to us, and no one can reveal God. God has to reveal Himself to us. We can't reveal God, but, but God can reveal God, and that's who Jesus is. And this gift was willing to submit to the will of the Father and to the plan of Almighty God, the sovereign plan. He was willing to come down, way down, way, way, way down. Uh, and I'm not talking about in terms of distance. I'm talking about in terms of His lofty, high, exalted, glorious position, but He came down to, rev to, to um, cover that, to veil that glory in human flesh for a period of time, uh, to take on human flesh. And He came down to die, to die for us, uh, uh, greater love is this, and uh, that if one would lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5, 8, but God manifested his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a gift that we receive there. And the Father gave us this gift. It is an undeserved gift, but God gave it to us. And then, in this verse, we see the outcome of this great gift. It says that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Um, we're headed to perishing. We're headed to, uh, to, to forever being separated from God because we're separated from God uh, by our sins. And no man can do anything, no good works, nothing. We can do nothing to get back in God's favor, to come back into relationship with God. On our own, we can do nothing. It is all what He has done for us. And we don't have to perish. We don't have to die in our sins and be forever separated from God. If we believe, that means to put our full trust exclusively in Jesus Christ. If we believe in Him and turn our lives over to Him and trust Him and trust His gift, then we can have, the outcome is we can have eternal life. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I want to come to give life and give it more abundantly. We can abundantly have right now, at this moment, eternal life, but it all hinges on our uh, responding to God's reaching out to us and believing. When we believe, we receive. It is as simple as that. Well, uh, the context of this verse, John 3.16, I don't want to overlook that, is Jesus is having a conversation with a religious leader who very well knows the Scriptures. And this religious leader's name is Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus had come to Jesus by night, and uh, he had asked uh, some questions, and Jesus had told him the only way that you as an, uh, a religious leader, depending on your Judaism, depending on your good works, you can't get there. I'm summarizing real quick in my own words words, what he's saying, you have to be born again. 
Nicodemus. You have got to be born again. And then he gives them this verse that we know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus came to die to pay for the sins of good people, so-called good people, moral people. And Jesus came to die for the sins of people that we don't consider good and moral because we're all sinners. We're all separated from God. And the context of this verse, John 3, 17 and 18 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe, listen, he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only unique Son of God. There is the dividing line. Those who believe and trust in Jesus and those who don't. That is it. That's it. There's only two classes of people in the world, those who believe in Jesus and have eternal life, those who do not believe in Jesus and will perish. And that perish means spend eternity forever separated from God in their sins. Let me ask you the question today, what side are you on? Have you trusted and believed in Jesus and all that He came to do uh, in that first coming to pay for your sins? Have you trusted in His gift of, of salvation, His gift of forgiveness, His gift that gives you eternal life? Do you believe? Or are you on the other side? You have not yet believed. Let me tell you, if you're listening today, it's God's gracious gift to you to hear and to give you the opportunity to believe and to trust in Jesus. And it's just as simple as turning from your sins and turning from your own ways and your own efforts and trusting Him and asking Him to come and be a part of your, be, be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you do that today, if you believe and trust in Him, you can have eternal life. Well, I love John 3.16. I hope you'll read it again and memorize it and and then commit to memory uh, this great, great verse. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.